Welcome to the 30th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host, and as it turns out, not quite the Rampage fan that he says he is, Adrian Pinter. How is it going, buddy? General Kenobi, I am quite well. How dare you say I'm not a Rampage fan? Just because I'm about to jump into a show correction of me saying Frank Grillo was in Rampage last week, although he was not in Rampage that last that at any week's does not mean I'm not a fan of that movie. I just mix up actors. I actually don't know what you just said. It was very confusing. Uh, but <laughs> yes, you made a mistake last week. I wrote this down, not you. You didn't catch yourself. I caught you. you thought, I caught me. You thought, you thought Frank Grillo was Joe Manganiello in the movie Rampage. That's what happened. Or you thought he was... Uh, the Rock. <laughs> the Rock Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What am I talking about? Uh, no, I'm talking about... Uh, what's the other guy's name? The guy from The Walking Dead. Oh, uh, Defrey, uh, Defrey Jean Jorgen. That's it. Mm. You know? Isn't it, isn't it Mephrey Jean Dorgan? You kind of said most of the words I just said. No. If you're going to be creative. Anyway, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Mean Borgen. Um, Jeffrey Jean Jorgen. This is so dumb. What a good way to start. For anyone just joining us, we're a podcast about film and TV. We don't just mess up Jeffrey Dean Morgan's name. And we pride ourselves in the accuracy of every episode. We do, and that's, and that's why, why we, we started. Yeah, that's why we started this with a, a talk about Rampage, Adrian's uh, second favorite movie of all time, after Batman v Superman. You betcha. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. Do you have any other questions for last week, Adrian? Questions for last week? I don't know, man. No corrections. I mean, ah, that makes a lot more sense. I do. Wait, I do did you actually not have... actually hear me say corrections? Did it sound like I said questions? Yeah, it did sound like you said questions. I'll have to listen to that back when I'm editing. But anyway, yeah. Do you have any more corrections from last week? I do. Last week, I said uh, I bought a bunch of hot sauces, which is true. And I mentioned how there was one uh, of the sauces. From Nando's. The... From Nando's. There was a Nando's from... order from Amazon Prime. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, that exact, yeah, exactly. And... Um, I mentioned that there was a very mild sauce that was lemon, garlic, and herb. I was wrong. Oh. It's only a lemon and herb sauce. Oh, no garlic. No garlic. No garlic, dude. However, I mentioned that, you know, like this sauce ain't that great. And then I also mentioned last week that the regular medium sauce ain't that great. Guess what? If you mix these two sauces together, it's a delicious sauce. It makes a super sauce. The atomic sauce. No. What no, if you mix them all together? Did you try that? No. Oh, okay. Too many flavors, man. How do you know? Just too many flavors. Unless you try it. Ah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. God dang it. The lemon and herb sauce was initially mild. Was, am I wrong? Yeah, it's very mild, it says. Oh. Hmm. Interesting combination then. Okay, yeah. then. Um, well, we kind of got into the show corrections early. What else have you been up to this uh, this week? Anything interesting? Anything fun? Has it been a great uh, week for you? No. How's your week been? <laughs> Care to elaborate? Come on. No, no, it's been a pretty decent week. I uh, started my staycation. I'm off for uh, 11 days. This is uh, day two of 11. Just chilling out at home. I, it's going to be nice. 
It's my lover and I's third year anniversary, third anniversary tomorrow. Ooh. So that's pretty exciting. We're getting keg takeout because Ooh. we always go to the keg. Nice. Um, on our anniversary. However, uh, I don't know why I said however. There's nothing to however about. Oh, wait, no. However, we can't go to the keg. We, we got to get the takeout. I don't know what happened. My brain just stopped there. Speaking of brains, I have a headache. It's oh. really, it's been, it's been pounding. Um, it comes and goes. It's like one of those like neck headaches. You know, when you feel it from like the bottom of your neck up into your brain. Sure, sure. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, well, I'm not a doctor, but uh, yeah, kind of. No, you're definitely a doctor. We've been I, through this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure sorry to hear that. that you beat the shit out of uh, after that one movie night. Uh, they felt the same. But anyways, I didn't get the shit kicked out of me. I just, I just, I just ha- I've had a headache for the past two days. Why? Because I'd be breaking my Hippocratic oath, oath if I had beaten beaten them up, like. What a weird, obscure reference. Are you just trying to make references to every every quip we've made throughout this entire podcast series for our 30th episode? Is that what you're doing? Batman v Superman's a good movie. <laughs> That's right. And Ready Player One is a great movie as well, just to, re- to be as uh, possible. Okay, we made a lot of ridiculous quips. Let's not keep going through this. But uh, but yeah, okay. Um, 9-11 was an inside job. I don't think you've ever said that actually on this podcast, but you did now. So that's the thing you said. I'm sorry to hear about the head- headaches, though, uh, in, in all uh, seriousness. I, I'm sorry about that. Thank you for joining me while you have a headache. I appreciate that. Hey, no worries. Can you kiss it better on stream? On stream? Yeah, we're streaming this to each other, to one another. I don't think that's what people say, actually, to describe that. But I, I like that you had confidence and you just went for it. Um, I can't kiss it better on on. On stream, as you say. I'm sorry to say. Just do a mwah. Again, I told you I'm not a doctor. Anyways, um, should we move on to the mailbag for a moment? Real quickly, imagine if you went to the doctor's office and instead of them just, just you know, prescribing you medicine, they're like, here, th- this will help. And they just kiss you. <laughs> you have like a broken arm. Like, oh, don't worry, this will be good. And they just kiss you on the arm. Do they think they're Jesus or something? They have healing powers? Like I don't know. I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just creating a hypothetical scenario. That would be pretty crazy and creepy. And especially with COVID, that would be a huge problem. Like nowadays, that would not go well. I, I mm-hmm. would say that, that's for sure. Or imagine the the doctor literally just gives you an apple. Like, goodbye now. That's it, you know? He says an apple a day keeps me away, buddy. <laughs> he just closes it, he, he hands it to you while you're outside his you don't even enter his office yet. Hands it to you and shuts the door. Goodbye. No, he, he just fucking chucks it at your head, at your face. He just throws this apple right yeah. at your face. He, he helps an apple people. a day. <laughs> he helps some people, but when some people he's got he's got too much work and paperwork to catch up on, he just he tosses a bag of apples out the door. You'll be fine. You'll be fine for a week. Come back. And he throws apples at him. Anyways, we've riffed pretty hard here. This is not related to film and TV. Well, let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? Or reach into it. For the first time this episode, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And longtime listener, Kenneth Stadelbauer has written into us once again. Never heard of him. And he has said, Simon and the Saucy Saucier. I guess that's you. Isn't it Saucier? Oh, yeah. Saucy Saucier. That's, that's, yeah, good call. Uh, congratulations on one of your more exciting podcasts. 
The doctor says that if the ensuing erection lasts more than 12 hours, I should call him. I really should switch optometrists. Thank you for explaining that iftar was a word for a comestible and not referring to a 1987 flick with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. Pretty sure that's Ishtar, but, but yeah, cool. Was it an iftar? Iftar is the, yeah, iftar is the thing we were referencing last episode. Breaking the fast during Ramadan. But Ishtar is the name of the movie. Okay. Uh, fair warning. You might hear some squeaking in the background. I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ellie is playing with uh, one of her squeaky toys. And uh, my lover has provided her with that product. No, no I didn't. <laughs> I apologize in advance. I'm trying to take it away. Hey, don't make me break up with you prior to our third year anniversary, okay? I also hear her in the background as well. Does she want to join us? Pull up a mic. No. Nah, she's out of this episode. It's the one time you'll hear her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It sounds like I'm an abusive boyfriend, like a very rude boyfriend. I'm not. I treat her with respect and dignity. Okay, I'm going to continue Kenneth's email now. Um, I forgot we were reading an email. Yeah, yeah, we're mid-email. We're, we're deep into it. Let's do it. WandaVision is definitely unique. Without giving away spoilers, I find it interesting that they carried over some of the sexism and political paranoia, communism, from the time period. But thankfully, left out the racism and, of course, left out the smoking ads because of Disney's drive to keep smoking out of their media. Worth noting is that the credits give thanks to writers of some of the most pivotal story arches. Story arches. Story arcs. I'm pretty sure it's spelled just A-R-C-S, isn't it? No, it's arcs, uh, arches. I'm pretty sure it's A-R-C-S. Anyways, pivotal story arcs for the characters, possibly as a hint as to the direction of the series. On another note, Canada definitely is getting the raw deal for movie releases. In the irrational states, you have the option of seeing most of them in theaters or free on your streaming app, where in the land of maple syrup and meese, you have to pay $30 each to rent them. If watching it at home is the only option, it would make more sense to wait until the disc release and own a copy permanently. Movies like Godzilla vs. Kong are meant to be larger than life with the roar vibrating your eardrums. Insert overly dramatic sigh. Uh, thanks socially distanced love to you both anxiously awaiting the next installment of split focus signed kenneth and a quote here as usual whenever possible one should always try to eat the rude a quote by hannibal lecter i think that's a misquote that's actually by army hammer ah uh, got him low-hanging fruit but uh yes yes ken thank you again for writing into us like again any other listeners can too. Um, there's a lot of references, as Ken always does, to our last episode and the basic clarif clarifications of what we've talked about. Um, we definitely talked about WandaVision. I continue to watch WandaVision, obviously, this week. It came out another episode on Friday. And this show is fantastic. And, and I, we're definitely going to make a closer look. I'm just saying that now. I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not. But I think we're definitely going to make a closer look episode to deep dive Simon. into the entire series once the first season is done. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. And I hate that you're trying to take my idea. I literally said last episode that we're going to do a closer look on it. Oh, okay. And you, co you come in in this episode and they're all like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a closer. I don't know. If, I don't know about what you're thinking. Acting like acting like this is your idea. This is the most preposterous thing I've ever heard. Well, I forgot. I forgot. Okay. And it's, there's no way it's the most preposterous thing you've ever heard. Let's not be overly dramatic, but uh, I'm glad we're in agreement uh, on that. And other than that, he's also referencing HBO Max. There's 17 films obviously coming out. 
are they coming out in Canada? Not really. We have to literally buy them for $30 a piece or 35 bucks. I can't remember how much it is now. It's a lot of money. It's $30, but it's not buying them. It's renting them. Right. You're buying, yeah, you're buying the ability to rent it for a short time. He does mention here discs. I don't know if the, the discs, I feel like buying discs is not super popular as it once once was. As much as 4K uh, Blu-ray discs are arguably the best quality you can get uh, for like your 4K TV. I don't think that that's, you know, as popular as streaming. So I don't know if people are actually waiting for a disc release. I just wait for the digital release to buy, which I find actually happens sooner than the disc release, surprisingly. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm in, agree- I'm in agreement with you on that front. I definitely do want to buy a few uh, movies, though, like on 4K. Most notably, I want to. I still really want to buy Blade Runner 2049 and Interstellar. Those are like the two movies that like I know I'm going to buy on 4K Blu-ray, and then I'm going to watch it on my goddamn PS5, baby. Well, why haven't you done it yet, then? Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just haven't gotten around to it, man. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, cool. Yeah, those movies are fantastic. So, well, at least Blade Runner is. What was the second one you said? Interstellar. Oh, yeah. Interstellar is my favorite uh, Christopher Nolan movie. What's yours? I think I know this. I think I know this, but what's yours? Is it The Prestige? Yeah, it's my favorite movie in general, so. Yeah, no wonder I knew it. Indeed. Well, what have you been watching this week other than WandaVision, Adrian? Well, uh, real quick, uh, I've been talking about Attack on Titan each week. I am now fully caught up on the English dub of it. And I now have to wait week to week for the final season. And it's awful that I have to do that. The show is so good that it's awful that I have to wait. That's I'm it. So- that's that's all I have to say about Attack on I'm Titan. sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear about your disappointment. It's so good. Please watch it. Anyways, uh, the only other thing I've watched this week is we've t- I th- we, 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 we briefly mentioned this last week that we wanted to watch One Night in Miami, directed by Regina King. That's what I watched. Did you watch it? I did indeed. And it's on Amazon Prime, uh, here in Canada at least. I think it's actually everywhere, uh, at least in the United States as well. But uh, yeah, what did you think of One Night in Miami? So I watched it quite literally an hour before, like I finished it an hour before recording this episode. Oh, so it's fresh. Fresh in your mind. It's super fresh, baby. And I really, really, really liked this movie. It's fantastic. I, I, there's something about a bottle episode that I just love so much. And this movie is essentially a bottle episode that it's, it's, it's four, four dudes having a conversation. It's the fictional retelling of one night in Miami, uh, that, uh, where, uh, Cassius Clay, who I'll be honest, this is, this is my ignorance coming out. I had no idea that Cassius Clay was fucking Muhammad Ali. I had no idea that they were the really? same person. I like I maybe I knew it and then just forgot it. What about I was like what about like after watching uh uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Did you not wonder who uh who Bruce Lee is talking about in that movie? When he says like he, when they're talking about Cassius Clay, he's talking about it with with uh, Brad Pitt's character, specifically just before the fight scene that they have. You just thought he was just a random man? Well, like I, like it's weird because I've heard the name Cassius Clay and I've heard the name Muhammad Ali and I knew they were both boxers, but I, I it never clicked in my brain that they were the same fucking person. I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just like incredibly ignorant, but uh, yeah, it's just it, I was watching and I was like, where the fuck's Muhammad Ali in this movie? Because I remember it being like Muhammad Ali is one of the four characters. And then when they bring in, you know, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, uh, Jim Brown and Malcolm X. I was sitting there and being like, 
Wait one second. I, I swear to God, I remember Muhammad Ali being one of these people. And out of those four characters, Cassius Clay is the only uh, boxer. So I then was like, wait one fucking second. And I Googled it real quick. And yeah, indeed, <laughs> my uh, yeah, like my, my 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 thoughts while watching this movie were proven correct. However, it's just something I feel like I should have known prior to this. And I don't know why I didn't. I kind of wish you got to the end of the movie and then they announced that he changed his name. That that would have been fun if you actually learned it then. But uh, yeah. Oh, well, too bad. Well, it's super interesting to know that like that's how Muhammad Ali, like his name was created. It's uh, it, it's very interesting. This movie makes you think a lot. It I don't know. There's something about movies that that, that I really like about learning like, where, where it teaches you things, I guess. And it's super interesting to see this movie, you know, it takes place in like the early 1960s. Uh, I think just a few years before Malcolm X gets uh, assassinated or murdered, um, which is like actually the word they use at the end of the movie is that uh, Malcolm X was murdered, not assassinated. And I don't know. It, it's, it's really great. It's like these four friends that to be honest, I don't know much about like on a personal level, I know about Malcolm X, but everything I've heard about Malcolm X, I don't know if it's just like the education system that we were growing up in or, or just everything. I've, I don't know, like whatever I've read or just heard in passing, like Malcolm X to me up until I watched this movie seemed like a, like an extremist, like awful person. And this movie kind of paints him in, slightly different light like he is an extremist to a certain extent but his motives are are not bad you know what i'm trying to say of course yeah like he was definitely like he felt that he had to be extreme to to be heard and that you know the whole idea was that people i don't know again the racism in the 1960s is awful like it's it's still awful now like yeah man like uh, yeah, he felt like that was necessary to get it to get the job done. I don't know the whole thing with Sam Cooke and his relationship throughout the movie is extremely interesting as a dynamic, and that I agree with you the, you on the bottle episode idea, and that it comes kind of plays almost a little bit like a Tarantino movie, and that a lot of Tarantino movies seem to be set in one place. Not 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 all of them, but like Hateful Eight or Reservoir Dogs kind of thing, where they're kind yeah, of set in, yeah. in one place and they're. They're usually infused with incredible dialogue and the the deep conversations that came out of this and the relationships between those characters and how fleshed out these characters were throughout the course of the movie. It's pretty incredible. I mean, there's flashbacks and flash forwards. The production values are incredible. Uh, the dialogue is absolutely amazing. The music's really good. Uh, I don't know. I, there's nothing I did, didn't like about this movie and I... I'd argue that this has a very good chance. I've said this already a couple of times. I said this with Mank, and I said this with uh, the trial of the Chicago 7, specifically in regards to who will win Best Picture this year. But I have a feeling that this is now going to be the winner. I don't actually think the other two will win. I'm not sure, but it just seems like that's the case. This movie made me emotional by the end of it, too. Like, man, I, I really, I really like this movie. It's incredible. Dude, I, I actually agree with you 100%. Like, I love Trial of Chicago 7. I think that movie's like t- like 10 out of 10. But 
for whatever reason, I finished this movie being like, man, this is on another level. Like the, the idea that this is Regina King's directorial debut is mind blowing to me. And it might be my favorite movie of, I mean, I know this is 2021, but again, like if we're talking about the Oscar season, like the years of like, like the, the Oscar year, I guess, because this will be nominated for an Oscar most definitely. Like it might be my favorite movie of that. Like there's, there's something just so special about this. And you mentioned this already that the dialogue is on another, it's on another level, man. Like it's just so great. And I was enthralled watching these characters just talk to each other. And I know this is a fictional retelling of, uh, of a, of a real night of these like four characters, like spending a night in a hotel room together, but it's, it's so good. And I really liked all of these characters. And I, I agree with you. The end of the movie kind of made me a little bit emotional of uh, it, it almost seems like, you know, Malcolm X again, uh, it, it, in my knowledge of, of the, of the guy, you know, he just hated fucking white people and it almost starts off. Like he just fucking hates white people. And they, they do reference, you know, like the white devils, blah, 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 blah. But that's not really it. He's mostly talking about like, you know, the abuse that black people are, are, are dealing with you know, back then. And fuck man, especially now with everything that happened in the States over the past year alone, like it, it seems more relatable now than ever. And I'll be honest, like when I started watching this movie, I was like, fuck man, Malcolm X is a not a likable guy. Like fuck this guy. And that's probably because, you know, I'm a white dude watching this guy, you know, talk shit about white people. And by the end of the movie, I realized that it's like, that's not really the point of, or what his point was. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's very interesting. It, it really like it, it kind of changed my perspective on this, on this, on this historical figure. I, I don't know, man. I like, it, it's really good. It's really good. And it really made me just think the entire time I was watching this movie, <laughs> I was like, fuck, like it's, it's so well done in, in all around. And I think the, uh, the, the actors are, are do an amazing job portraying these characters uh, it's really nice to see Leslie Odom Jr. and something else because I the first time I ever saw this guy or at least acknowledged this guy was in Hamilton, which released on Disney Plus early or sorry, middle of last year. Um, and just seeing him in this movie and again, you hear him sing again. This guy's such an unreal voice. It's so it, it's spectacular. I don't know. I want to see Leslie Odom Jr. and more things, and I hope there's more musicals that come out that he's takes part of, but not even just musicals. I just want to see this guy act in more things. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I've seen him in a couple of things. Like, the first thing I saw him in was in Person of Interest like, years ago. But yeah, he does an incredible job. Sam Cooke actually, like, died right after Malcolm X did, actually. Died in his 30s. Just as a historical side note. Um, which is unfortunate. That was like a- How did he die? In weird circumstances, actually, there's a there's still up in the air as to how exactly he died. There was belief that he might have been he might have been killed due to racism. There's belief that he was killed because he was actually raping somebody and she got away, and then uh, he was trying to stop stop her, and then he got killed. It's a very odd, very odd circumstances. People don't know exactly how he died because there's a bunch of weird things that don't add up. With the belief was at the end of the day that he was chasing somebody down, like that. They that's what they understood. They, he was chasing somebody down out of, out of a hotel room, and that the the person attending the hotel uh, ended up 
killing him with a shotgun. That that's what we know happened. The reasons and the circumstances behind it are unclear. It's it's a pretty strange situation because he died fairly young. But yeah, I, I again, this movie, the acting, the dialogue, the the setting. You think you think something like this would become boring, but the way it was it was done uh, is just absolutely incredible. It definitely makes you think. It's like a large debate. A bunch of people are debating, and they're you get all of their perspectives and all of their points of view. Uh, like Jim Brown against Malcolm X, Malcolm X against uh, against Sam Cooke, and uh, and like Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay, like kind of kind of bringing them all together in a weird way. Because again, he did bring them all together. They're all there initially for his fight uh, when he wins the championship, essentially uh, for boxing. It's just, it's really neat. It's it's one of a kind, and I was surprised on how great it is just because the same reason is that it literally is Regina King's directorial debut. And yeah, I I think I'm going to call it now. For at least what I've seen, I think this will be the winner. It might not be, but I think Best Picture is in the cards for sure. Maybe even Best Director because, again, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's really good. It's extremely topical, obviously, now. As you also mentioned, so yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, man, I uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. And again, Jim Haw, uh, sorry, uh, Aldous Hodge that plays Jim Brown. I just mixed up his first and last name. Uh, Aldous Hodge that plays Jim uh, Jim Brown is he's really really good in that role. I don't know much about Jim Brown. I I was aware again, you know, former football player that becomes an actor and everything like that. But uh, I, I don't remember seeing Jim Brown in anything, but I, what he's probably in his 80s by now at this point. I kind of wish they explain more at the end because the, the movie finishes and it, you know, they do that typical thing where it's like based on a true story, yada, yada, yada. And they show like where every character is now. And they only mention Malcolm X like, you know, he died uh, in 1995, February like 16th or something like that. And I kind of wish they showed that about the other you know, four characters, like what happened to them? Um, because I kind of just want to know like what really, happened to each of them. It wasn't what the movie was about though. I think like the idea was the, these figures who specifically it's about the civil rights movement and how they specifically influenced it. So that I get, I guess the, the leader of that movement or one of the main figures of that. And the fact that he was murdered uh, was Malcolm X. And so I think that that was the reasoning behind behind that like just having his mm. his death kind of be there especially because of that line about him being a, a martyr which they they use essentially in the in the movie and so i think that that con because again that happens in real life he specifically quotes yeah. that uh, if he has to be a martyr so be it that's the way it is if that's gonna make this civil rights movement move forward uh to avoid like or stop systemic racism in america so yeah uh, it's yeah, that's a good point. I recommend this tremendously. That, like that, that's what I would end on with this uh, conversation is that. Yeah, 100 percent. Everyone should watch this movie. It's extremely well done in every way. And it's ext- it keeps you engaged the entire time, which you would think, again, that's what the bottle episode thing. Sometimes I think that a bottle episode, will, again, will, will bore you. But for me, I was completely interested for, from start to finish. There was not a moment I was bored, certainly. Yeah, man, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, you, you hit the nail right on the head there where it's like, you'd think you'd be bored throughout this, but you aren't. Like, you want to know what happens next. And it's kind of cool because the, the movie takes place 
in, in the matter of one single day. Like it, it is one night in Miami and, and the movie kind of just plays off, you know, the movie's what just under two hours and the, the two hour runtime is uh, other than like, you know, a, a little bit in the beginning and a little bit at the end, like it just, it, it's minute by minute. And I don't know. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I agree with you 100%. I highly recommend this movie. Uh, fun fact, the, the all, Aldous Hodge, who plays um, uh, Jim Brown, he's in uh, The Invisible Man as the... God, fuck. He, he, he's in The Invisible Man as Elizabeth Moth, Moss's sister's husband or something like that. Am I wrong about that? Or sister's friend? Aldous Hodge? Did I say Albus? I meant Aldous. I think I'm thinking Albus Dumbledore. Dumbledore. He is, he is in it, yeah. That's correct. I was wondering why he looks so goddamn familiar. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, one other thing to mention that I forgot. I had this note written. Um, specifically, the, the other thing that's quite, kind of neat is the, I don't know, there's something really deep on an emotional level in, in the way that they connect as characters that I don't think is in everything else. In some other movies, there is, there is good writing in that way and there's good acting that way, but it just feels like these characters are tr- intrinsically friends and I believe it legitimately. Like I'm getting a, a slice of their lives together. I don't know if you get what I'm saying here, but I, I almost like hearkened back to when I was in like university and there was like a, or like when I was in, when I went like abroad to a hockey tournament with my teammates as an example, and we're like in a, in a hotel room together. There's this idea of them just being on the roof or being in their hotel room or going down to the, uh, the, the hotel bar. That kind of idea just felt visceral. And then I felt that I was, I was just seeing this slice of an actual moment almost in history, but the way that they actually connect is extremely, it's like, it's not that unique. Ultimately they're human beings, but I just find that that was extremely well-written to the point where, again, I just feel like I was there. If that makes sense. No, definitely, man. It seemed like a genuine friendship and yeah, like it, it you know, not all friendships are like, yeah, we're best pals. Like nothing will ever go wrong. Like it, it showed a bunch of layers of friendship of, you know, being there for each other, having these deep conversations, getting upset and angry with one another. Yeah. The deep conversations aspect was like how deep they went. And you could tell like when, for instance, two characters enter back into the room where two, uh, another two characters are sitting in the room and they're clearly had a deep conversation with each other as they're sitting across from each other on like each on their own double bed. And like, they're just, they're, you can see that they were in deep conversation to a point where, again, it just feels like it's extremely real in every capacity. Again, can't recommend this movie enough. If you, if you have the time, it's not extremely lengthy and you have Amazon you have Am- video. Exactly. Yeah. If you have Amazon, there's, you have no excuse not to watch this movie. Yeah. Like I was reeling from it. Actually, I watched it and I was like, I got emotional at the end. I was like, this is like, this was something that I did not expect at all to be this good. And I just, I was just thinking about it before I went to bed. I almost couldn't go to sleep because I was like, this is phenomenal. Anyway. Yeah. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that I watched it like just before recording this because I I feel like I can really put it all out there (laughs) and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this? I'll probably remember something at at some point, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to bore the listeners. You should watch it yourselves. Get your own opinion about it and then write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com because we, we don't get enough letters. So I'm just going to say that. I would, th- I, w- I would love to be able to talk and- Give us you know, letters. Converse with the audience more often, but uh, it doesn't happen as often as I, I would like. All right, cool. All righty. On to the news then. No. Yes. 
Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, according to publication The Hollywood Reporter, John Wick screenwriter Derek Kolstad has been hired on to write and showrun a Dungeons & Dragons TV series. Dungeons & Dragons is a tabletop role-playing experience in which players use their imaginations to inhabit specific roles in an action-adventure storyline of the Dungeon Master's imagining. Likely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, sales of Dungeons & Dragons merchandise by gaming corporation Hasbro rose by a significant 20% margin in 2020. Hasbro and film production company E1 recently greenlit a Dungeons & Dragons film starring Chris Pine, and now we are clearly seeing real progress on the development of a television series as well. Adrian, what do you make of this? Well, what I make of this, Simon, is what is the point of making a Dungeons & Dragons TV show as well as a Dungeons & Dragons movie? Like, what what sets Dungeons & Dragons apart like because the whole point of dungeons and dragons is creating your own story right yeah it's a basically yeah it, yeah it's a tabletop role-playing game that you play with your friends and you create your own story so by by making a movie about this which this this story isn't necessarily about but by making a tv show about this yeah these creators are making their own story but like dungeons and dragons is essentially just tolkien you know it's 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 the same sort of premise you know dragons dwarves orcs fucking goblins and elves etc we're already getting a like a like a lord of the rings series from amazon that's coming out. like what can this show do to set itself apart because dungeons and dragons is uh, to be blunt generic you know everything is based off of dungeons and dragons so not necessarily everything but i don't know that like, what's the point of this? Like, how can you make this good? How can you make this compelling story? I guess since you're not adapting anything, you can just go however you want to go. But I don't necessarily think Dungeons and Dragons is interesting because of the lore behind it. It's interesting because you hang out with friends and play it. It's funny, actually, you say that about it being generic. I was thinking that, funny enough, I, I didn't realize why I connected the two but i connected this idea of creating a dungeons and dragons movie and tv series apparently uh with the idea of creating a world of warcraft movie and i didn't know why until now and i guess i just really didn't think about it but that's really why it's that world of warcraft is generic like the idea of orcs and elves and dwarves and and humans like clashing it's like yeah okay (laughs) yeah what's the point of this um, the weird thing is that they're making a TV series and a movie, like they're kind of going hard on this all of a sudden. It seems like probably because of COVID-19 coming into play and because of their significant sales. So they think that they can possibly make money on the movie and TV series, like get viewership because of the, how, how hyped this whole product line is now. But I think the only way for them to be successful at all would be, and I know you said it's generic to follow these storylines. There are campaigns that are famous in Dungeons and Dragons, so they could do that, like a movie about those. I think, though, the best way to do this would be to do something like Community did. That's what I got the impression that they were doing. So Community has a, Community, of course, is a long, well, not really very long running, actually, but it's a comedy series created by Dan Harmon with uh, Joe McHale and you know, Alison Brie in it and uh yvette nicole brown regardless if you haven't seen it you should watch it it's incredible uh but but, uh, yeah they have chevy chase yeah it's true dean pelton dean pelton yeah that's that's the guy's name his name is dean are you ready for this 
I'm a peanut bar, and I'm here to say your checks will arrive on another day. Another day, another dumb, another rum, another dollar, another stuffed shirt for another white collar. Uh, Criminals, uh, Wall Street. Uh, I think. Oh, oh, you stopped. I'll stop. Yeah, I know. I, I thought you were like going to keep going, and I was going to just be like trying to interrupt you, but you, you stopped. I was kind of. I'm almost disappointed in the committee value that you, you left behind, but you know. Whatever. I don't know if we can get copyright struck for something like that. Oh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, you never know. Jim Rash is actually the, the name of the actor who plays uh, Dean Pelton. I always found it interesting that Jim Rash actually wrote, I think it's Descendants, the, the Oscar. The well, he won, he won the Oscar for that. I th- yeah, I think he did. He won the screenwriting award for, for Descendants. I, I'm pretty sure you're right. It's the movie with, sorry, George, George Clooney's in it. Yeah. Yeah, and Shailene Woodley. Cool. Yeah, no, yeah. Dean Pelton's awesome. But regardless, we're getting really sidetracked. The whole idea is that episode of Community where they – Basically, uh, Abed plays the dungeon master, and and they're all players in this world, and they kind of just they they did a really good job with the comedic aspect of it. Is that what this is going to be for the TV series of the movie, or do you think actually they're just going to play off the lore of Dungeons and Dragons? Is that what the impression you got? Because I don't actually know enough. Like, there's just not enough information I have about this to really comment about about it other than to speculate at this point from what I've seen. One thing I know about big corporations is that they uh, often miss. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So I think I think they're going to go like the serious aspect of it. Uh, I, so funnily enough, uh, Dan Harmon, the creator of Community, and, and as well as like Rick and Morty and stuff, he has a his TV show, um, which airs on some random fucking network. I don't know if it's still going. I watched the first two seasons. It's called Harmon Quest. Yeah, and yeah long story. This, yeah, it's pretty much just Dungeons and Dragons, but he plays in front of a live audience with uh, three other people, and then usually has a guest star for every episode. and And they're playing through a campaign, and they have like their original characters. And they, the the show animates over like what they do as well, and it's it's fucking hilarious. It's fantastic. I really love it. The issue with getting season three. Hell, man, even season two was a like pain in the ass to get. I'm pretty sure season three is out, but you can't get it here in Canada. I think it's on some random network like CISO or something like that. Is there you, a season three? Are you sure? I feel like there is. I remember when you look it up. Oh, number of seasons here, it says three, but it doesn't say three when you initially look it up on Google. Weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> it's unclear based on the Google, quick Google search. Oh, yeah, there are. It aired in 2019. Yeah, now, CISO was the initial network, and then VRV, which I'm also not familiar with. What the heck is VRV network? I don't know, but you can't fucking get it here in Canada because I remember me and my good friend Peter. You know him. We actually watched the show together, and it would be like our uh, almost ritual where we would hang out and we would watch an episode of this. We'd hang out like week to week, play some video games, you know, uh, drink some booze, maybe smoke a joint or something like that, and watch an episode of Harmon Quest and. I remember when season two like aired, we watched it all and it was on VRV, but we literally had to like torrent it because there was no way of buying it here in Canada. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, We just, if season three is out, like just let me buy this fucking thing, man. Like why do companies not want to take my money? I don't know. We talked about this. We, yeah, we keep talking about it's it's an ongoing theme of our show, but that is a common thing that I've been talking about for years. It's been a lot easier for a lot of things to find, uh, but again, it still continues to bother me, and I don't understand why you wouldn't at least offer this to me. Like, I'm definitely not going to torrent Wonder Woman for charging me $30 because it is available to, to, 
to at least rent. Um, yeah, exactly. We wait. I'll, I'll wait until it's free somewhere on Crave or, or elsewhere because it's just it seems like an outrageous price point. But at the same or time, fuck, man, I'll wait until I can rent it for ten bucks. But at the same time, there's something like this show, Harmon Quest, where you can't even find it anywhere. You literally can't buy it anywhere for some reason. Like, wh- why? Like, <laughs> I don't understand what the benefit is. It's in- again, the Canadian market is just not what they're playing towards, and I just don't really. I guess maybe there's. There's money going into that. They have to invest money into actually putting the infrastructure in place to giving it to Canadians, I guess. And that, to them, isn't worth it. We're not worth it to them, Adrian. That's the answer, unfortunately. How hard can it be just to make it available to buy, though? Honestly, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm no fucking digital releasing enthusiast scientist yeah but i feel like it would be fairly easy to be like all right i'm gonna just fucking post this on some random website and yeah you can pay 30 bucks for the 10 episodes three dollars an episode like i'd buy that 30 bucks for you know 30 minutes of content three dollars of content per episode sorry jesus i'm I'm stumbling over my own words you know three bucks for 30 minutes of content like i'm willing to pay that if you just let me buy it, like, hell, I'll buy it directly off of you. I won't even buy it off Google Play or Apple TV or whatever. Like, I'll give you the money directly. Just give me the option. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why it's not available. If I can literally pay, you know, some Australian podcast. This is a quick aside, but I literally pay, you know, $9 a month to an Australian podcaster for uh, four, ex- you know, four exclusive podcast episodes um, over the course of a month. Why the hell can't? a network that has a TV show do the same thing. Yeah. Just make it Does easily that, accessible to everybody in the world. Yeah. I it agree. Just, yeah, it Preaching to the sense. choir, buddy. Preaching to the choir. Um, I just want to go back to the whole, uh, the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing. Cause that's what we're talking about. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons TV series and, uh, and, and movie. Um, so E1, I think is the production company, as I kind of said here, uh, that's making both of these, both the movie and the TV series. Derek Kolstad, who wrote John Wick, has written some other things that are actually pretty good. Like he's done a pretty good job. And I just wonder wonder about that aspect. So he's gonna write the TV series, he's gonna be the showrunner. Would he make something that's bad? And and like I, I know that like wouldn't you just jump off the project if this wasn't gonna be good? And then I bring your attention to specifically the movie, which is gonna start Chris Pine. And Chris Pine picks his, I'd argue he's a big enough actor to pick a good, like he'll actually pick a project that he thinks is is worth it. The other thing about that specifically is that the writers for this are the people from Game Night. Don't you remember that? We, we announced that a little bit, uh, a little while ago. We did. Our, yeah, our we show. did. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, like they made ga- Game Night. So like, I do think that they are going the comedy angle, at least with that. And I think with the TV series, they can do something like, um, I don't know, the, the show, uh, what's that show with the fantasy league? The League. <laughs> yeah, like that. You do this thing with the meta, the meta concept, like Community with the with Abed running the episode as Dungeon Master for the Dungeons & Dragons themed episode. That kind of idea, I think that's what they're going to do with the movie, it seems like. Again, if they don't do that and they've got, again, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly running the show, I running the movie, I guess, or writing the movie, I would be surprised. So we'll see what happens, but I think they're not taking themselves too seriously. I think the fad of it is they realize that the only way to do this properly is to do this in a meta way that's comedic. I really hope they go that angle, man. I, I really hope. Uh, there's so much opportunity for comedy. Well, you love game night. Think about dude, it. Dude, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite comedies of, 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 
of recent memory. And Dungeons and Dragons is literally a, a tabletop game. So I think yeah. that it's got to be. If they didn't do that, that would be, almost be funnier to me. If I came out of that movie at the end of it, after, hopefully I get to leave a movie theater and don't have to watch it on streaming. COVID, uh, I guess it's COVID-19's choice. But anyways, uh, we, we leave the theater and it's like a serious movie written by these two guys. I'll be like mind boggled. I'll be like, what did I just... How did, how did the guys behind Game Night just create this serious movie that just took itself way too seriously? I would be very surprised. And it's better than the Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones put together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cool, man. Alrighty, number two. As followed by publication Variety, video streaming company Netflix recently reported an increase of 8.51 million subscribers in quarter four of 2020. This brings Netflix's subscriber total to a whopping 203.7 million worldwide. TV series like The Crown and the chess-focused series The Queen's Gambit were particularly popular last quarter, with newcomer The Queen's Gambit apparently roping in 62 million household viewers. With these subscriber growth numbers, Netflix certainly remains on top for the time being, but there has definitely been significant competitors premiering in the space as of late. Warner Brothers, HBO Max, NBC's Peacock, and Disney Plus all launched within the last year and a half to varying success. Disney Plus certainly takes the award for most prosperous first year on the job, having managed to garner over 86 million subscribers. And many more potential distribution companies look to get in on that subscriber action. As Variety has reported, company Viacom CBS is planning on re-entering the streaming space with streaming service Paramount+, Plus, which is set to launch on March 4th of 2021 in many markets, including Canada and the United States. Adrian, what do you make of this? Netflix is obviously, well, successful in 2020 because of COVID. But yeah, like the, the streaming space in general, what are you thinking? So this is pretty wild. Let's do some quick math here, my friend. Let's assume, what, there's 7.67 billion people on planet Earth, right? And with Netflix having 203.7 million subscribers, uh, I'm going to do a quick Google search. It's 7.64, Jesus Christ, I'm having a stroke here. Numbers, numbers. So, six math billion people. Ooh, it, it is happening. Fuck me running. God damn it. I literally had the number and then I hit the wrong button. All right. So there's 7.6. You're hearing it here first, folks. 7.4 billion Live people, calculator right? math. Stop it. You're throwing me off. Divided by 200. 7.8 yeah, so, billion people, first of all. Did you say okay. 7.6 billion? That's what the Google says when you say the wor- world's population. Okay, fuck it. That's Fine. It? Let's do it. 7.8 billion people, right? Divided by 0.2037, right? That's 200. So that's one in every 38 people have a Netflix subscription. Let's assume that every Netflix account is at least sharing it with one person. And that's lowballing it. You know what I mean? Realistically, they're probably sharing it more. That means one in every 19 people have a Netflix account. That's. That's pretty wild when you just do the math out like that. I just want to put that out there. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Anyways. It's incredible. It's pretty good, but I'm sure they project 
um, I mean, they want to get more subscribers every every quarter. So I don't think that they've run the well dry. But yeah. Well, well, of course. I mean, how many broke ass countries are there? Uh, <laughs> there are poorer countries. Yeah, sure. That came off as offensive, didn't it? A little bit. I don't know why, though, because there are broke countries. That's <laughs> not yeah. actually that crazy to say. Maybe yeah. I made it. Maybe I made it offensive by my sudden pause. And yeah, uh, your hesitation oh, made me oh. made me rethink my statement. You know what's weird? Because my mind instantly, when you said how many broke ass countries are there, I instantly went to when Donald Trump specifically says, "You know what I'm talking about." He said, uh, "What do you say?" I can't remember. Uh, we don't have to he says shithole countries. What a shit ridiculous hole. thing to say as a president of the United States. Just Hey, man, say. we don't have to worry about that guy anymore. He ain't the president no more. It's true. It's true. You know, we yeah. got another super old white dude as the president of the United States. Yep. Yeah, we do indeed. Almost. But on the plus age. side, it seems like he's more uh, more for bringing people together. Again, uh, we're not a politics show. I voted for whoever you voted for. In this Except, case, you didn't actually vote because you're Canadian. So that, yes. I would have voted for whoever you voted for. Set yeah. aside. And despite the fact nah. that you didn't vote, we, you know, we ask you all to vote when there's an election. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. At this point in time, fuck that racist asshole. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. You're actually taking a stance. Should we? You go. Look at you go. I'm going to take a stance, man. Fuck that guy. He's a, he's he's a mean person. <laughs> I don't care if you're I don't care if you're Republican, but I do care. Uh, I just feel like if if you support, you know what? Let's let's throw that to the wayside. I don't care if you're a Republican. Go for it, man. Politics are uh, yeah, teach their own. Hell, man, maybe I'd be a Republican. We don't know. I just don't like Donald Trump. I think he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, well, like there's there's good Republicans. It's not it's not really about. Oh yeah, yeah. It's preposterous to say that every Republican's a racist. That anyone that says that, it's like, go, dude, are you fucking kidding me? That's so yeah. not true. Well, exactly. That's so not true. That's yeah. the extreme. That's the extreme. But Donald Trump yeah. is a pretty ridiculous, ridiculous person. <laughs> Dude, he's such an asshole. <laughs> he's, a, he's dick. I mean, he walked across to a church to hold up a Bible while, you know, the crowds of people were being shot at with, with rubber bullets and tear gas. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just did. It's fucking I'm not unbelievable. A fan. Let's just say I'm not a fan, but I'm Canadian. So what do I know? You know, what do I know? It's what not my know? country. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. What were we talking about? We're talking about Netflix. How do we get into uh... Donald Trump politics? Let's get, let's move on here. So Dude, yeah, I, I so yes, a lot of people have Netflix subscriptions. That is true. But a lot of the other streaming services are pretty well off too. Like again, Disney plus having over 80 million subscribers is, is wild. And they actually combined because obviously Disney owns a large part of Hulu. They actually combine, I think, they make it to like 130 million subscribers in total, which is pretty uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, and they're getting up there. Uh, and I, I'd imagine they're only going to increase with these new Marvel shows and the crazy onslaught of Star Wars shows that are coming out. So it's it's only a matter of time before they start to catch Netflix, I think. But, but yeah. What do you think about the whole idea of Paramount Plus? They already have, by the way, CBS, uh, Viacom CBS already has uh, CBS All Access. That's already their streaming service. Paramount Plus is just a rebrand of CBS All Access, and then they're adding more content on top of that. But what do you think about that idea for another streaming service to kind of get the headlines in this space? Uh, like, I just don't care. Like, I like I don't care. Like, I'm never going to sc- subscribe to Paramount Plus ever. 
I never even thought about subscribing to CBS All Access, but yeah, okay, let's add more movies to this Paramount Plus. What are you going to do? Like fucking bring Sonic the Hedgehog there? Like, I don't, I, Mission I don't Impossible. Shit. Dude, I'll watch it in theaters because ideally by the time the next Mission Impossible comes in, I'll just go there. I'll just go to the goddamn theater. No, but the other Mission Impossible movies will be on that streaming service. And then they'll create I'll their buy own. It. They'll also create their own content or maybe a Mission Impossible TV series that's actually worth worth something. Like they have the ability to do that part. The only thing is it's just we're in like content overload and that there's like a tremendous number of these streaming services that are all vying for your, for our attention. And they know that. They know that and they're really putting their money where their mouths are. It's just uh, – it's interesting. Like the amount of things that HBO Max has announced for 2021, 2022, 2023 – it's crazy. So it's interesting. Yeah, I guess you make a good point because I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical because like to me, I uh, when Apple TV Plus came out, I was like, I don't care about this. And to be fair, like I don't think I would have ever subscribed to Apple TV Plus, but I bought the iPhone 11 Pro Max and I got a year of Apple TV. Uh, well, actually 15 months of Apple TV Plus and I gave Ted Lasso a chance and I watched that show. And to me, that show is good enough to continue my subscription. As soon as I, like Ted Lasso comes back, I'm going to resubscribe to Apple TV plus. So uh, yeah, like honestly you might just, you know, you may not have to resubscribe at all. Cause I mean, they extended it. Right. So yeah. Well, well they, they only extended it by three months. Right. I feel like no, I'm reaching that. They re, like they, they re-upped it again. If you bought it in the very beginning of when they launched in 2019, was it 2019 now? It's crazy how long this has been, uh, but they I know. They specifically extended it again. Did you not see that? No, I didn't. How long? Uh, until July, I think. Until the summer. Yeah, because they realized they're they're behind on they're, they're behind their schedule. They were supposed to be they were supposed to have all this hype of, of content, but because of COVID nineteen, they haven't been able to build the content that they wanted to really make this an enticing streaming service. Which is, by the way, this streaming service is one of the cheapest ones to buy. And it's on Apple devices. The big advantage for Apple is that they already have these devices in people's hands. And they know that they have that advantage. They know what the AirPods Pro can do, for instance, for like a spatial audio. So to have that advantage is why Apple can really survive in this space. And that Apple TV Plus is just another value-added service to what they already add uh, in terms of hardware. They're selling you the MacBook. They're selling you the iPad and the, the iPhone, the AirPods maybe. And it's just another thing like, oh, I bought an iPhone and I also get Apple TV Plus. It's a pretty smart idea on their part. They have money for days, and so they can create content that would really rival Netflix. I don't even know if they're really trying to beat Netflix. They're just trying to create another thing that makes you want to buy their phone over a Samsung or the Google Pixel, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're you're in a different right. space. What my point was there is they're in a different space than Paramount+. Plus. Like Paramount+, Plus doesn't have hardware. So I'm curious to see how they survive. Some of these are going to die. Like Quibi was the first one to go. Like, unfortunately, Quick Bites, I should say. Quick Bites. Streaming service whoa, Quick whoa, Bites. Whoa, 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 Quibi's coming back, baby, with Roku. Yeah, you're right. That's another one. Actually, Quibi now is now a feed. It's like Apple TV Plus, actually. Quibi is feeding Roku uh, so that people buy the Roku devices maybe for the Quibi content. Because there's pretty good Quibi content. Like, I really like Die Hard. And again, we talked about a dangerous game. Like, it's good. It's good stuff. Or that one show that I can't think of the name of. Fuck. The one that won awards? I don't know if it won awards. The Stranger. The Stranger. 
That was pretty good too, but Free Rashawn. Free Rashawn won awards at, I think it was the Emmys. That was the one I was thinking of. Like the hashtag Free Rashawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just supposed to be like, aren't you, isn't, wasn't it hashtag? It was a hashtag, yeah. Yeah, number sign, hashtag, free Rishon. Yeah. But there was some like absolute fucking garbage on Quibi as well. Like, they, didn't they bring back Punked? But not yeah, they brought hashtag. some stuff back. Like, the, the, the show with Will Arnett also was, it was garbage. Was not the that was greatest. the worst thing I've, I've, I've ever seen in my goddamn life. I love Will Arnett. I genuinely adore Will Arnett and, and the things he comes out with. That, I watched one episode, I was in bed. It was the worst eight minutes of my goddamn life. The worst. That's, a, again, Simon. a little extreme. No, no, it was so bad. That was the worst moment of your life. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Wow. We're learning a lot about you on this podcast. You know, I like podcasts in which you learn something. And, you know, you know, we. I think the audience just learned something about you. I'm here to teach you all something new, baby. Yeah. Okay, then. Number three. As reported by online publication IGN, Director Zack Snyder's cut of the 2017 Justice League film will be a four-hour movie on HBO Max as opposed to a four-part miniseries, as previously stated at the DC Fandom event last August. Evidence of this change was presented when Zack Snyder was asked by a fan on social media network Bureau whether his Justice League cut was still meant to be a limited series or instead planned to be a one-shot movie. His notable response to the fan was simply the words, One Shot. The Zack Snyder director's cut will reportedly cost Warner Brothers an additional $70 million for reshoots and post-production work. When all is said and done, many actors such as Jared Leto, Joe Manginello, and Amber Heard. Oh, sorry. Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo in it. I'm just joking. Jared Leto, Joe Manginello, and Amber Heard. Oh, I thought you were booing Joe Manginello for a second. I'm like, what's wrong with Joe Manginello? Okay, fair enough. Uh, We're brought in for reshoots in order to realize Snyder's original vision for the film. The Justice League Snyder Cut is currently planned for a March 2021 release date on HBO Max. Adrian, a four-hour movie or a four-part miniseries? Which one is it? Well, Simon, I'm glad it's a four-hour movie, personally. Because I feel like if they did a four-part miniseries, we would just have to wait week to week for it and i'm glad that it's all dropping at once i can just sit my ass down watch this four-part miniseries ideally have it on crave tv on launch day but watch probably this four, not for our movie yeah you just said watch this four-part miniseries god damn it i made a big mistake so which one do you like i'm confused now, now you got i one. want the four i want the four-hour movie oh, okay just give me give me it all at once I'll sit down, I'll watch it. I can make it into a four-part miniseries if I want to. I'll just pause and play as I please. I am uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for this goddamn thing, man. I, th- I think this is going to be uh, what I want. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be amazing in terms of what everyone else wants. But I love Batman v Superman. I haven't disliked a single Zack Snyder movie. I'm all in on this, man. I can't wait for this Zack Snyder's Justice League cut baby I don't care either way it could be a four-part miniseries or a four-hour movie I don't mind either way uh the one of the things I kind of missed actually I I didn't get to see and I don't think you got to see either because they were launching it on Netflix but the Hateful Eight uh I think a four-part miniseries they he uh Quentin Tarantino director Quentin Tarantino had a lot more footage for the Hateful Eight 
And he decided to actually put together a miniseries as opposed to just making it a very long movie that people could watch on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, but I couldn't find it anywhere when I at least looked when it was said to be coming out. Uh, It's kind of disappointing that uh, I didn't get to see that because I wanted to see the extra footage. Ultimately, though, if it was a four-hour movie he decided to make or a five-hour movie, because I think that's how much footage it was. It was a five-hour movie. It was a five-part miniseries. And regardless, um, the idea of of it being a four-hour movie that I could watch all at once or many parts wouldn't have bothered me either way. I just kind of felt like I I was left out of being able to see what uh, Tarantino had come up with for the longer version of his cut uh, of his film, The Hateful Eight. So I don't really care. I honestly don't. I don't know why he's muddying the waters. He literally spent the time to say that at the DC fandom that this was going to be a four-part miniseries. Did he not? Am I missing something? I don't know if he did, man. I think it may have just been miscommunication. I might be wrong about that. Okay, Is yeah. that Hateful Eight uh, miniseries out on fucking Netflix, though? Like It was supposed to we- be. It was supposed to be, but it's not on our Netflix in Canada. That's what I'm saying. Like it was, I, From my understanding, if you look up Hateful Eight miniseries, I don't think... Hmm. Yeah, looking at it now, I don't see it on on the Canadian Netflix. Like, if you have a VPN and you're trying to access the American Netflix, you might be able to get it, but I can't see that. It's just odd to me because Netflix is is becoming more and more on parody, like parody with the different regions, or at least from Canada to the U.S. I find it's becoming more close. They've been closer between the U.S. and American. Sorry, U.S. and American. The U.S. and the Canadian Netflix than ever before. But this is a a misstep. I don't know. Kind of sucky. Okay, so real quick, I turned on my VPN on my phone. It is on the American Netflix, the Hateful Eight extended version. It's on the American Netflix, just not on the Canadian one. Cool. Yeah. Like I read a, it was the Verge. The Verge wrote an article about how they were doing that. Um, is it four, four, yeah, it was four episodes, similar idea. And uh, yeah, I was, again, I was, I was kind of excited. I, I was hoping to see it, but I, <laughs> I looked for it when it was supposed to come out and, and it was not on in Canada. So annoying. But anyway, incredibly annoying. This episode, yeah, I feel like the through line of this episode is that we've repeatedly said how annoying it is that we can't get content everywhere. It's kind of, it's funny. It, it came up again. And I didn't really realize I was going to even talk about that. But yeah, I think that's the theme of this entire uh, 30 episode podcast. It started with the fucking rental, with the rental that you couldn't rent in Canada. However, it yeah. is now available on Prime. Yeah. Canadians are, are screwed. We just keep getting shafted. It's ridiculous. But uh, again, I'm very excited for this. I I love Zack Snyder's vision. I I highly doubt that we would need to watch Wonder Woman 1984. I imagine there's like absolutely no references to one another, but it almost feels like I should watch Wonder Woman 1984 prior to this coming out. Oh, I'm not worried. But again, I I yeah, like it's it's probably not connected in any which way. Um, I still find actually it worries me about this whole universe because uh, Zack Snyder was quoted also as saying that he's not going to take part in anything else in this universe. And I feel like he started it off and I just don't, I don't know. I don't think there is somebody at the wheel who's actually cares as much as Kevin Feige. Like Kevin Feige is a mastermind. The ability of the, the sheer incredible nature of the mcu is unmatched in hollywood it's unmatched in movies i I honestly say like there's there's nothing like this and there's nothing that's consistently churned out movies at like over 80 percent on rotten tomatoes consistently it's strange to me i don't know it seems strange that they've had so many hits and the dceu can't pull this off the dc fandom made me very excited about this 
But Snyder's lack of involvement or care to be involved with the rest of the series kind of signals to me that he doesn't like where this is going or this may not be anything that we really want. I'm curious. I'm very genuinely curious. Once this movie airs, then we start to get things like that Flash movie. Will this be a good universe? Will this even be close to what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is? And I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it can be as good. I know like, it doesn't have to I be the like, same though. It can be different and be good. I just find that like again, is there someone at the at the wheel? Like is there somebody taking at the helm like in control of this? Cuz I I don't know if they just don't realize it, but like you just can't be all about money. You you have to kind of guess what audiences want. You you have to I don't know, you have to change the way you're doing things to make this as good as it can be. You, you also have to make make each movie good on its own. You got to make sure that each movie is not just a you know, a feeder for the Justice League movie in the future. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I'm definitely curious about this because as much as I love, you know, Batman v Superman and everything, I think about, you know, having a kid or two one day. And I know for a fact I'm going to watch the MCU movies with my with my ch- child or children. Like, I, I know that unless I don't have a kid, but th- the plan is to have one or two. And I know that I'm going to sit down and watch these movies with them. But in no way in hell am I going to sit down and be like, all right, son slash daughter slash whatever you want to be. Let's sit down and watch Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and then Wonder Woman and all the, like these DCEU movies. Like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't even come close to that sort of quality of, uh, of filmmaking. Again, I, I love Batman v Superman. I, I've... I'm a broken record on this, but their their want at Warner Brothers to be be so similar to the MCU when the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the fucking base groundwork the foundation of of this series is nowhere near the tone of the of the MCU. It's you can't have the same thing. You can get something similar, but. I don't know. They they've just had they've had more missteps than right steps, in my personal opinion. And even like movies that I think are like awesome. Like I really like Shazam. Like I think it's awesome. But in no way in hell is Shazam even remotely connected to like Batman v Superman. They can claim that it's in the same world, but it doesn't feel like it. You know, they have references to Superman and they have references to Batman in that movie. But I don't believe that fucking Henry Cavill is Superman and Ben Affleck's Batman live in that same universe. Am I wrong in that assumption? Like, do you feel like that, that like those movies are even connected? Well, they're now going for the multiverse, right? So that's their whole idea. Like, I just don't, I, I just hope that whoever is now in charge of this producing all of these movies is now understanding that they, they can create something really cool, but are they able to do it in a way that's, I don't know. It's it just can't be greedy. Like I don't know. I, I, you're right. Like why Shazam was like when I wa- I almost didn't want to watch Shazam because I'm like, what's the point? This is just going to be another kind of really. It's going to be a Marvel formula movie because they're just copying that style, which they did. Because again, Shazam fought himself, didn't he? It's kind of funny in tone the whole way through. It's kind of got this very through line kind of comedic aspects. Obviously with Zachary Levi. Um, he comes in, he gets his superpowers, he's kind of getting used to them, and then he loses them kind of in a way, like he or loses a, a significant fight, and then he comes back in force and beats the guy who looks exactly like him and has the exact same powers. That, that's the Marvel formula in a nutshell. And 
that's why that movie was successful. But it's not. That's not a remarkable movie. In fact, it's kind of forgettable. It's good, but it's just. It would be nice if it was connected because at least it would give. I don't know. It would start to create a groundwork, but they just don't seem to care. I don't know what the deal is. I'm just confused. I, again, we'll see what happens, but I, I don't. I don't know. We talked about this a lot with the DC fandom very early in the beginning of our podcast, and uh, it kind of gave me hope when I watched the DC fandom, like how much fandom there is around this movie series. But what will happen is the question. Yeah. Cool. Well, now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by entertainment website NME, NBC's streaming service Peacock has renewed the Saved by the Bell reboot for a second season. Amazing. I never watched Saved by the Bell. I have no I have no connection to this. Number two, as Variety has reported, billionaire producer for Netflix's upcoming The Three Body Problem trilogy TV series, Lin Chi, was actually murdered due to jealousy by a junior executive at his company Yuzu Group. The murderous executive was apparently a massive Breaking Bad fan who ordered a variety of poisonous substances from the dark web to create a poison cocktail which he finally concocted after various rehearsals and rigorous testing. That's like it's incredibly sad that this guy murdered a dude, but it's pretty cool the way he did it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna focus on the sad, sad part. But uh, oh, oh, okay, number three, as reported by tech website The Verge, Disney Plus will be home to five seasons of The Muppet Show starting on February the 19th, 2021. Are they making five seasons of The Muppets or The Muppet Show already aired and they're putting the five seasons on on this day? From my understanding, they're taking the five seasons and uploading them to Disney Plus for all to see. Number four, as The Hollywood Reporter notes, Paddington director Paul King has been tapped to direct a Willy Wonka prequel film set to release in 2023. I'll be honest, I don't give a fuck about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but the Paddington movies are exceptional, and I am going to watch this movie because of that. Number five, as followed by The Hollywood Reporter, Love Simon actor Josh Duhamel is in talks to star alongside Jennifer Lopez in the action comedy Shotgun Wedding. If cast, Duhamel would be replacing alleged cannibal Army Hammer. I heard that he was 100% a cannibal. I kid, Army Hammer. You're probably not a cannibal. I mean, we don't know for sure, but who knows? Number six. According to Variety, TV series Snowpiercer has been renewed for a third season at Network TNT. I really like the movie, still haven't given this TV show a chance. Number seven. As noted by The Hollywood Reporter, AMC has purchased the rights to the British thriller revenge limited series, The Beast Must Die, starring Chernobyl actor Jared Harris. What is this beast? Number eight. According to Variety, HBO has started early development on an adaptation of Game of Thrones author George R.R. Martin's prequel novellas, The Tales of Dunk and Egg. The story would take place 90 years prior to the original Game of Thrones HBO TV series. Wow. Another Game of Thrones prequel series. Number nine. As reported by publication Deadline, the Netflix hit TV series Bridgerton has been renewed for a second season. I keep on seeing this on my Netflix thing when I launch it. I'm curious about it. Number 10. As Deadline has reported, Amazon Prime Video's animated TV series adaptation of Robert Kirkman's comic book series Invincible will premiere its first season on March 26th, 2021. I am beyond excited for this, dude. I cannot freaking wait 
for the Invincible TV series. I cannot wait for this. I'm so excited that people that aren't willing to read like graphic novels and stuff will get to experience this amazing story with an absolutely all-star cast. I cannot wait. That new clip that they released this past week, so fantastic. And that concludes the montage. Wow. Indeed. 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 Are are you excited for the Invincible TV series? Um, yes and no. I don't know. Good question. Uh, let's say yes, because that cast is absolutely unbelievable. There are so many big name actors. I think that's the biggest animated cast list I've ever seen in terms of like big name star studded, uh, like a star studded cast list. Like Mahershala Ali, obviously in that, uh, in that trailer or that clip was uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. I just think that Stephen Ewan. I, yeah, I know. I, I it thought I thought back to like BoJack Horseman, but I don't think I'm not sure that this. I think this one beats it. I'm not sure, like because BoJack Horseman had a crazy cast list as well. Like there was a lot of cameos from various actors in it. But I yeah, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, you you hype it up a lot, and uh, I think I'll probably I'll probably dip my toe in. I'm sure this will be, what is it, 10 episode seasons probably? What do you think? Do you read that? Uh, I can't recall exactly the amount of episodes, but uh, I feel like they could, you know, fit in. Yeah. Like, you know, do the first couple arcs and in, uh, in the first season. Uh, I'm I'm beyond excited, man. God, this is going to be so good. If they just like all they have to do is follow the story. Like Seth Rogen is in this and stuff like that. You know, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, they're heading the series like, God, man, this, this is going to be top tier the producers for um american pickle uh, yeah it's incredible yeah they, they can only do a great job God. <laughs> based on the the quality that american pickle the hbo max movie is invincible is going to be incredible you're right yeah that's probably the best thing the shining example of why invincible is going to be great yeah let's let's move on what do you got for me adrian uh what do you got for me you're you're butthead and i want you to know that you got insults for me? Come on. Yeah, I got insults. What's on the docket here? I got no releases for you, baby. And they are? So, coming out from the week of January the 25th to January the 31st, there's a few movies coming out. Maybe I missed some, maybe I didn't. I don't know. But I wrote down the ones I found. And the first movie that I see that is coming out is coming out on Wednesday, January the 27th. It's a movie called Penguin Bloom. It's a Netflix original movie. And oddly enough, this movie has nothing to do with penguins. Is it? Is it about um, publishing? I don't know what this movie's about. Isn't there a Bloom publishing house, but there's also a penguin publishing house? Am I crazy? I, I don't know, man. I just know that this, uh, this has nothing to do with penguins. Okay. Cool. Lost, I lost all interest at that point. Alrighty. Okay. Next movie that's coming out is coming out the next day on Thursday, January the 28th. It's called a movie. It's a movie called June and copy copy. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a family that brings in a street dog and the family's existing dog becomes buddies with it as they cause a ruckus throughout the home. Ooh, pretty cute, cute idea. And these next movies are all coming out on Friday, January the 29th. These first few are all coming out on Netflix. And the first one that's coming out is a movie called The Dig. Once again, Netflix original movie. It's about a widow who hires a self-taught archaeologist to dig up some mysterious formations on her land just prior to World War II. 
Incredible. Incredible indeed. The next movie is a movie called Finding Ohana. It's another Netflix original movie. We all know that Ohana means family and family means nobody gets left behind. However, this takes on a whole new meaning in this dark and gritty reboot of Lilo and Stitch. No. Just no. (laughs) That is not what this movie is about. I don't even have to look up this movie to know you're lying. You're lying, aren't you? I guess you'll just have to watch to find out. Below Zero is the next movie on this list that's coming out on Netflix. It's about a cop who is in charge of delivering some prisoners in a prisoner transfer van that gets attacked. And not only does he have to deal with the prisoners on the inside of the van, but he has to deal with the people that are attacking said van. But on top of that, he has to deal with some frigid temperatures, Simon. Oh, ooh, ooh, chilly. All right, baby. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Palmer. This is actually a Apple TV Plus original movie. It stars Justin Timberlake in this movie about a guy who gets out of prison and befriends this 12-year-old kid who comes from a dysfunctional home who helps him become a better person, but his past comes back to ruin all of that. Otherwise known as Generic, the movie. Okay. Oh, okay. I feel like I've just heard so many movies with the same premise. Could I name any one of them? No. But uh, I just feel like I've heard of so many movies. Like that. I guess. There might be some secret sauce that makes this movie unique. I haven't seen Justin, Justin Timberlake. Jinx. <laughs> you owe me a relationship and two kids. Why would I owe you anything? I just jinxed you. You owe me a relationship and two kids. Okay. We have lots of kids, apparently. If you've, if you've listened to this podcast for longer than five episodes, you'll realize that there's... Lots of kids I owe Adrian. But anyway, Justin Timberlake, I haven't seen him very often in movies lately. Have you? No. He's kind of been missing in action. I wonder what he's up to. Honestly, like if you're that rich, it's not like you really have to do anything. It's true. I just feel like oftentimes these guys are like just, you know, passionate about what they do, though. It's not about getting rich. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What's the next movie? Savage. This is, uh, this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand rental. This is about a guy named Danny who grows from an innocent young lad in New Zealand to a big, batty enforcer of a gang. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty interesting. Next movie is a movie called Haymaker. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. Once again, it's about a form... Are you serious? That was Are on- you fucking... That was on your side. You're talking about the ding? The notification thing? Yeah. That was from you. It wasn't, I dude. heard it on through my headphones that I'm wearing right now. I heard it through my headphones. No, no, no. That's not, that's not be savage here. Ah, uh, you know what? It was me. <laughs> it was me, does it? Wait, no, it wasn't. My phone's on silent. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was through you. <laughs> no, it, it, it wasn't. Um, uh, Sorry, next movie is called The Night. He's, no, it's called... Wait, oh yeah, I already said Haymaker. The Night! This is confirmed by Movie Insider and Apple TV app. Once again, a video on demand rental. It's about a couple that gets trapped in a hotel with real demons and their own demons until they confess up the secrets of their marriage. Oh. Ooh. And then the final movie coming out next week is a movie called The Little Things. The Little Things. They all just turn- That's a good Charlotte song. You ever, you ever listen to Good Charlotte? Not too much, no. Yeah. The little things, the little... Anyways, I'm not going to sing it. Who cares? I used to love Good Charlotte when I was younger. I still do. Whenever I hear them, I'm like, man, I really like Good Charlotte. But uh, Good Charlotte used to be my 
favorite band back in the day. Anyways, The Little Things. This is uh, confirmed by Cineplex and the trailer. This one's coming out in theaters, apparently. You can't rent it nowhere. This is uh, one of those odd situations. Well, um, I mean, it's coming out on HBO Max. It's the first HBO Max movie of the 17 movies. Oh, you're right. I'm a fool. I'm a fucking idiot. In Canada, though, we can't watch it. So lucky us. You think it's going to be one of those $30 rentals? Oh, yeah, for sure. Bullshit. Bullshit. You're probably right. Anyways, it's that Denzel Washington, Remy Malik, and Jared Leto movie about trying to find a serial killer who is most definitely Jared Leto, but they don't have the evidence. Uh, however, the trailer looks actually really good. Oh, yeah. Know. I'm excited for this for sure. I really want to watch this, but again, we don't have an easy way to watch any of these movies this year. Sucks. Yeah, me too. Do you like Jared Letter? I I can't remember if we've talked about this. Wait, why did you say me too? To what part of of what I said? Uh, Like, I really want to watch this. Oh, 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 yeah. I was like, it sucks. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, it sucks. And so do I, is what I was saying. Oh, I see. Okay, good good to know. Do you like Jared Leto? I feel like we've talked about this before on the podcast. Do you like Jared Leto? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he does a great job when everything's in, uh, to be honest. But I just find he's a little too, too extreme. But uh, like in terms of his method acting, I think you don't have to go that crazy. We, we, talked, again, we that, definitely talked about this with his role in Suicide Squad and how his castmates are like, okay, yeah. Yeah, here, let me fucking jack off into a condom and mail it to you. It's like you do that in any other job, you'd be fired. But – I, like I, I was, I was sitting there thinking. I was like, "Why aren't there method actors for people that are really nice?" You know, it's like, "Oh, you're gonna play this very incredibly nice character," but nobody's ever like, "Yeah, I'll method act to that." Everyone's like, "Hey, you got to be this total piece of shit," and they're like, "Oh, dude, I can't. I'm gonna method act to this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the set and be this piece of garbage." But they never do that for nice people. You know what I mean? Uh. Maybe. I don't know. Well, like if you look at all of Jared Leto's rules, I'm sure he played a nice person at some point. You think he method acted that nice person? Yeah, I'd imagine every role he plays, he plays as that character. What do you mean? It's a good question. But I, I think the I do think that that's if he picked a role that was a person that was nice, he would just play the person that's nice. Like He's not always a crazy person in every role. Lately, he has been, yeah. though. I mean, he, he's playing yeah. a vampire in Morbius. Um and uh, he played that blind villain kind of sort of guy in Blade Runner, Blade 2049, Runner yeah. 2049. And he obviously played the Joker. You think, he, you think he's been fucking sucking people's blood or trying to like bite people oh randomly? Oh my God. Maybe he's 100% a cannibal. Oh my God, dude. That's why he took the role. <laughs> no, I, I think he's method acting as it. But if you method act eating somebody, you're still doing it. So, I mean... Yeah, he probably emailed Army Hammer asking for advice. Oh, uh, again, low-hanging, low-hanging fruit on that one. Just the, the jabs, the jabs at the Army Hammer. I don't mind Army Hammer in his roles, actually, just to say. I really like Army Hammer. He's a good Hammer. actor. He's a good actor. Just, I just want to put out there. Uh, again, un, unknown about the whole cannibal situation, but uh, but yeah, good actor, that guy. Well, man, even if it does come out that he is a cannibal, like he's still a good actor. Yes. The whole Kevin Spacey thing, like Kevin Spacey, not a nice guy, not a, not a good person. He's a great actor. That's how he got away with it for that long. Because he was acting out of it? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There, there's a deeper reason for that. Like, the, there's a lot of complacency in, within that industry. That was the, one of the problems. 
But uh, that's, a, that's a deep question that I'm not sure I want to get into here. So let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Marta Pinter wrote into us once more. And she said, That's my mom. It is indeed. And she said, Good morning, love. Uh, this was directly to you, by the way. I just. <laughs> to get that out of there out, out there uh good morning love i wanted to mention palm springs movie that you and simon both liked very much i watched it also not a huge fan i found it forgettable nothing special about it it wasn't bad by any means interesting storyline okay dialogue great acting but still far less funny as i thought it would be i also watched a movie called the king of staten island which scored only 74 on Rotten Tomatoes, just as much fun as the Palm Spring one. Anyway, that's just me. Real quick, I respectfully disagree with you, Mother. I think Palm Springs is fantastic. I do really want to watch The King of Staten Island, though. Yeah, that's a Judd Apatow-directed uh, uh, movie. Uh, yeah, that should be okay, too. It is only 74 on Rotten Tomatoes, whereas Palm Springs is well above 90%. So the critics really do like Palm Springs. I, I don't know. I didn't find it. I did definitely didn't find Palm Springs mediocre. No, definitely not. Like I, I definitely don't think it's a like a comedy first though. Like I, like it's funny, but I don't necessarily think it was meant to be like a shit or pants like hilarious movie. I think it's a little bit more deep than that. And uh, I, I don't know. I really, like really love Day. that movie. It's like Groundhog Day in that way too. Like the darkness of what Groundhog Day is, it brings to the table here. There's a lot of lightness in the way that where it's shot, but it's definitely not. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you can put it like in a category like it's a romance drama comedy type scenario mm -hmm. with the with the death loop type scenario where you keep living the same day over and over again. So. Yeah. Yeah. The King of Staten Island is on Crave, by the way, here in Canada. Oh, maybe we should catch that one and talk about it at some point. Yeah. yeah it stars, what's his name? Pete Davidson. Yeah, Pete Davidson. Thank you. Uh, Pete Davidson's comedy special on Netflix is absolutely hilarious. I really love his style of comedy. Cool. Yeah, I got to check that out. That's a good one to check out because I've never actually heard him. I haven't seen it. I don't think any SNL skits with him in it, which seems like a oversight so yeah i should check that out it's a good call anyways let's continue this email here i finished watching carnival row it's set in a very dark world with humans monsters fairies and half human half animal creatures called pucks i enjoyed it despite the storyline being pretty predictable the low score on the tomatoes of just over 50 and despite orlando bloom being one of the main actors not that he's a bad actor or anything. I just don't like him for no particular reason. Is there any actor, actress you can't stand, but you don't have a specific reason for it? All in all, I'd recommend Carnival Row, and I'm patiently waiting for season two. Real quick. Yeah, let's just answer that right now. Uh, I do have an actress that, for whatever reason, I just don't like seeing in anything. It's Kat Dennings. She's in Thor. Like as uh, Natalie Portman's friend. I don't know what it is about Kat Dennings, but I just don't like her. I really just don't like her in anything I see her in. I'm pretty sure she's in like 40-year-old virgin and stuff like that. But there's something about Kat Dennings I really dislike. I can't put my finger on it. I just find her 
annoying. Maybe it's just because she's typecast as this annoying character, but I, I really don't like Kat Dennings. I see. Okay. Yeah. I don't actually yeah. have anyone like that. I don't think I dislike any actor or actress for any reason other than they're just not good at acting. Like, I, I yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I can think about this and maybe talk about it next week if I come up with one, but I don't believe that there is one for me. I had a feeling you'd have one. I didn't think it was going to be Kat Dennings though. I don't remember you ever telling me that before. Um, on this podcast, of course, because we don't talk outside this podcast, but never, never, never. But anyway, yeah. Okay, cool, man. Is there anyone else that you don't like? Um, no, that was like the that was the first one that popped into my brain, I'll be honest with you. I can't really think of too many other actors or actresses that I like genuinely just dislike for no reason. Like there are there are definitely actors or actresses that I like see and I'm like, ah, like I just don't think they're good uh actors like um Kiki Lane as an example. Yeah, that's it's not a good reason though. She wasn't actually bad in the old guard. Like, I don't think she was good. Fun fact: that actually is an example. I would have probably picked Kiki Lane because you're just unfair to Kiki Lane like repeatedly every week. I I just don't think she was a good actress in that movie. Fun fact though: if Beale Street could talk is coming to Netflix, uh, I think at the end of February here in Canada. Okay. I'm going to watch that movie and maybe it'll change my perspective. Maybe. Maybe it will. Do you like Orlando Bloom? Uh, Yeah, I like Orlando Bloom enough. Me too. Fun fact. He's great as Legolas and as uh, Will Turner. So I'm yeah. a fan. Fun fact, my ex-girlfriend in university, she had a big Orlando Bloom poster on her door. Uh, <laughs> so like whenever I was with her and her door was closed, I would just see Orlando Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Is that why you broke up? Yeah, that's exactly why I dumped her. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true. Um, oh, but... oh, the movie you started with at the very start of this uh, of the segment for the new releases, Penguin Bloom. That has Orlando Bloom in it, doesn't it? No. As a penguin. No. I, how do you know? You said you didn't know enough about that movie. Uh, I know that has nothing to do with penguins, Simon. All right. Uh, I guess I'll... I'll keep thinking about what the movie is about, and I'll, I'll ask you a couple more questions later on in the show. Um, what do we got here? Let's finish this. Let's finish this email, shall we? On the subject of cannibalism. Oh, getting into it here. <laughs> Your father always says, Oh my God, my dad's a cannibal. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to make a soup out of me when I die. Do I take this statement seriously? Not for a second, but this is because I know him and know that it's his attempt of a morbid joke. Also, he would never say it to anyone else. In the case of Army Hammer, I'd like to think he was attempting a joke too. But why to a stranger in a world that so many silly things are blown out of proportion? That's a, that's a good point. That is a good point. And it's interesting to know that me and my dad are similar in the sense that we both talk about making our significant others into soup slash stew. I don't know. My dad did that. I'll be honest with you. Oh, you just learned that now. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Well, I learned it when I read the letter, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring it into this episode for more drama. Oh, I see. Cool. Alrighty. Anyways, uh, moving on with this email. And you are funny. You both are. But I would very much like it if you toned down the use of the swear words, my son. I freaking love you, though. With exclamation points. Yeah, that's the end of the letter. It's a nice letter. I enjoyed it. Well, it took me on a me ride. 
took took us on a trip. What do you think? I agree with you. It's weird that she called you son. You do swear quite a bit, though. Yeah, she's definitely not talking about me. But uh, I've sworn on this podcast a little bit. Yeah. Way more than me. I say shit sometimes. Sure, I'll take it. I don't really care. But she's definitely talking about you because I'm, you know, not her son. So. Yet. Uh, I I don't don't even know where to start with what that's supposed to mean. Uh, But uh, yeah, that's the end of our episode. That's the that's the content for this episode, folks. What do you have to add, Adrian? Anything to say to our audience, to our listeners before, you know, we uh, I do my typical close of the episode? Uh, no, not really. My head still kind of hurts, but it's definitely gotten better hearing the sound of your soothing voice, my friend. Oh, well, you know, thank you. I appreciate that uh, sentiment. And uh, again, I I thank you for joining me uh, on this podcasting journey. Episode 30. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty good. uh, It's pretty good run we've had 30 episodes, 30 weeks in a row. It's not bad, I, I think. Uh, we definitely beat, I think, our record for the last podcast in that we specifically did 30 weeks in a row. I don't think we've ever done uh, this many Mondays uh, releasing in a row. And, and we're just going to keep continuing it. So you can expect, listener, to uh, to hear another podcast, have another episode to download from your favorite podcasting service, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or even TuneIn Radio. Um, or Amazon Podcasts or... or, 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 or 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 deezer yeah we're on those too anyways thank you for listening to the 30th episode of split focus a film and tv podcast my name is simon Edie, and this is adrian pinter signing off hey gang it's me adrian i'm about to sign off and i mentioned previously about the dark and gritty reboot of lilo and stitch called finding ohana there's a dark and gritty reboot of the Batman movies and it's called Batman V Superman and it's fantastic. And I highly recommend you all watch it. It's a really great movie. I hope everyone has a great night and take care. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. I love you. I love you. That was directed at the listeners, not to you, Simon. Just want to clarify that.